The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast. Formerly known as Hoopball Hawks, we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. Happy to be on the pod today talking about a Hawks win. That's right, a Hawks win. Your Atlanta Hawks finally in their four game losing streak, winning on the road in Sacramento. A really good Sacramento team beating them 120-117 in probably one of the best team performances of the season, in my opinion. And there's some that take the cake. There's definitely some that take the cake. Uh, their win here in Atlanta over the Bucks, win here in Atlanta over the Nuggets. But... I'm going to have to say this is probably the best team win because, and I tweeted it out, you finally saw a product of where when you play smart basketball and play team basketball and play inside-out basketball as far as attacking the paint, collapsing the defense, getting to the rim, getting to the free throw line, and then As you repeatedly do that, it opens up opportunity on the perimeter for shots to be made. Hawks didn't hit their first three-pointer into the second quarter, but it was a product of them getting into the paint and attacking the lack of rim protection that the Sacramento Kings had. And that was definitely the game plan, and the Hawks followed that game plan pretty much the entire game. Outside of a few moments that could have been catastrophic, But they held on tight, got stops when they needed, and hold on to win this game after making some huge plays in the fourth quarter. Execution defensively is what helped them in the fourth quarter. So, so happy to have stayed up and watched that game, to live tweet to all you guys who were watching the game and on Twitter as I was commenting on the game and pivotal moments and what the Hawks needed to do and what I saw. Um, I appreciate you and will always try to continue to do that when I'm not obviously working my other job. But it was definitely a fun one to watch. Just them play team basketball and you had four players score 20 plus points. Second straight game the Hawks have done that. First time they've done that since, I want to say 1960, they said. And you had... Five players score in double digits last night. It was just a great team effort. I rattled off some of my thoughts before I went to sleep on Twitter. And big things before I dive into moments and the stats from last night's game was it was team basketball. It was team basketball on both ends of the floor that helped them win this game. Like I said, before, four players with 20 points or more last night, five players in double digits. 
uh, Okongwu gets his fifth foul with about six, five, six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And you think, wow, they're going to just pound the pain and that's going to be a huge blow. Nate trusted Double O to get back out there. And Okongwu did a great job of not getting foul number six, staying on the floor. And he made an impact down the stretch in the fourth quarter, especially defensively getting big rebounds and challenging shots. Especially on that last position for the Kings, he was challenging shots to basically keep the Kings from getting an opportunity to put the game in overtime. I mean, you had big plays, even though when you look at the box score, you don't see a crazy offensive game from A.J. Griffin. A.J. Griffin made some big defensive plays in the fourth quarter, including one big block in the fourth quarter, had some deflections here and there, and Actually, when you look at the stats, A.J. Griffin had the highest plus minus of any Hawk last night. His impact on the court, even though it wasn't offensive, was really good, especially on the defensive end and just making smart plays. So definitely wanted to give A.J. Griffin his credit. I know a lot of people may overlook his input last night. When you look at the box score, but I certainly want to make sure to give credit where credit is due with how he played last night for the Hawks. Bogey with another big game off the bench, 17 points, 7 of 13 shooting from the floor, 3 of 7 shooting from 3. He added 8 rebounds, 8 rebounds last night, 3 assists, 1 steal. You can certainly tell he was motivated by playing his former team last night in Sacramento. So he has some big shots. Okongwu, I mentioned before, eight points, seven rebounds, five on the defensive end, two offensive rebounds, added one assist and one block. And then your four Hawks that had 20 points or more, John Collins, who has been on a tear recently. The last five games, he's averaged over 20 points per game, 10 rebounds, shooting just under 56% from the floor and 33% from three. He continued that trend last night, scoring 22 points on 7 of 11 shooting from the floor, 2 of 4 from three, hit all six of his free throw attempts last night, grabbed 12 rebounds, dished out three assists, two steals, two blocks. Could arguably be the player of the game last night. Could arguably be the player of the game. He was consistent from start to finish. And the great thing about it is that we were still utilizing him in the fourth quarter. We have a, a knack for getting him engaged and hot early and then going away from him in the second half. Second half, we were still getting a heavy dose of John Collins, and he was still out there making plays and even scored some baskets in the fourth quarter, got some huge rebounds. And really was banging inside with Sabonis. So he's probably the player of the game for me. The unsung hero, in my opinion, is going to be... I give it a tie between Okongwu and A.J. Griffin for their effort defensively in just making the right plays and playing some pivotal minutes in stretches of the game last night. You can arguably say player of the game could be DeAndre Hunter, who was aggressive, which... Aggressive DeAndre Hunter is my favorite DeAndre Hunter. He was tacking the basket, hunting for a shot, hit some big shots, especially in that fourth quarter. He was huge for the Hawks, hitting just tough baskets, 
playing hard on the defensive end. He added two steals to go with his 22 points last night, eight rebounds. He's really been rebounding the ball a lot better this year. And last night was truly evident of that. He shot nine of 17 from the floor, two of seven from three. He was two of three from the free throw line. DeAndre Hunter, who the broadcast gave a lot of credit to, and rightfully so, hitting big plays, being aggressive, attacking, playing with confidence. And he and Collins were huge last night for the Atlanta Hawks because you already know you're expecting 20-plus points from Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, which you got from them. Trey Young scored 21 points, 7 of 12 shooting from the floor, 1 of 2 from 3. Six of seven from the free throw line, added six assists, one steal. Did have five turnovers last night, but I thought there were some moments where Trey came back into the game and the offense relegated back to, you know, the high pick and roll, trying to hunt for matchups, and the Kings really defended Trey Young well. He did a really good job at times passing out of that to find another guy to get a better look and take advantage of the pressure that the defense was placing on Trey Young. Now, you know Trey Young does have a habit, and people get frustrated with trading baskets and shooting a three early into the shot clock in times where you don't need him. And that's something he has to continue to work on. But I saw that he was trusting his teammates and playing within the flow of the offense in the fourth quarter, which is why they won the game. He wasn't trying to force the issue too many times. He did not put him in a position to lose more times than not, like we saw in that Warriors game where his shot selection was questionable. Uh, we, we love him being aggressive, especially down the stretch, and getting himself to the free throw line. We don't want to take away from that. We know he can hit big threes in moments, but typically I like when Trey Young hits those big threes to ice the game, to kill the game. Not when you're trying to claw back and you need good offensive possessions and you chuck up a three or take a questionable shot selection when you should have just ran the offense to get a better look for someone else and keep them involved so they're not just focusing on guarding Trey Young or the roller. They're guarding the entire Hawks team, which is what the Kings had to do last night. And with the lack of rim protection, they they couldn't stop the Hawks, especially in the paint. They scored, I want to say, 56 points in the paint last night. Like I said, took advantage of the lack of rim protection that the Kings had. Um, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray, another really good game. 21 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, including the big steal down the stretch on De'Aaron Fox. And we know what De'Aaron Fox does in the fourth quarter. We know what he can do. He just came off of a game winner the night before in Utah. And for DeJounte Murray down the stretch to hit two big free throws after missing the free throws in that Laker, no, in that Nets game where people were blaming Naaman Millen for not calling a timeout and DeJounte Murray took blame and said, hey, if I hit those free throws, we're not in that position. He made good on his promise, hit two free throws 
to go up by one. And then the next possession, De'Aaron Fox is trying to make a play. And then DeJounte Murray with those with those hands, with my hands, gets a huge steal under a minute left in the game and turns that steal into a fast break opportunity where he finished and put the Hawks up by three. Ultimately, that was the game winning bucket right there was that fast break opportunity to push the lead to three after they were up by seven. The Kings stormed back, took the lead, and that was behind a De'Aaron Fox fourth quarter where he scored 11 points. And we know how clutch, as I said before, he can be. And he really sparked that team when they were down by seven, got the crowd into it. He dunked on on Yeka Okongwu, which I wasn't going to mention on the podcast, but we have to because it was a big play for the Kings. Crowd was into it. Herter hits a big three to push the lead out and then the Hawks just get stops grounds themselves defensively and they get a couple breaks here and there and they end up winning the game so a lot of the bad breaks that other teams benefit from as far as in at expense of obviously the Hawks success late in fourth quarters the Hawks were the benefactors of that and it led for them to win the game. Like I said, it was it was a team effort. Team defense, even scoring distribution. I mean, all the people who were in double digits, all the people who got to touch the ball, almost everybody who got in the game scored. The only one who didn't was Frank Kaminsky. I mean, just, like I said, probably the best team win of the season, in my opinion. And And, and like I said, when you trust in your teammates, and you keep getting them involved down the stretch. Trey didn't have to do it all. DeJounte Murray didn't have to do it all. Like I said, he tried to do it all when he was trying to trade a three-pointer with Kevin Herter. And like I said, we know he can hit him down the stretch. But it's about the smart play. The high percentage look. Not just the first look that you can get. And in the defense, getting stops down the stretch. Like I said, the Kings had to guard the whole team down the stretch because John Collins was getting it going. DeAndre Hunter was killing them all night. Uh, you know at any moment, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray can get a bucket. Bogey can get a bucket. It was refreshing to see. Trust was something that DeJounte Murray talked about way back in that upset win over the Nuggets. And it was trust in the game plan attacking the basket, attacking the paint, trusting the teammates' abilities to make plays, that is that, and trusting the coaching staff. They were fighting for one another last night. And that was apparent with, with Naaman Millen and <laughs> Trey Young both teaming up on the ref, getting technicals, uh, each of them respectively, but well-deserved because it was bad calls that they were getting. And it was great to see Trey Young and Damon Millen coming together for a united cause last night. But team basketball and trust is what's going to get this thing turned around. And last night was the blueprint. Outside of some things they can clean up that they can use going forward to win more games than they lose. Like I said, that's a good Kings team. That Kings team is in a playoff spot right now in the West. Like I said, 
De'Aaron Fox is, is a monster in the, in the fourth quarter. He had 11 of his 25 in the fourth quarter last night. But you'll take him scoring 25 points on 20 shots. You'll take that. Uh, Harrison Barnes was the third guy that stood out last night. He had a really good game. He was the DeAndre Hunter slash John Collins for the Kings. But it didn't matter. Sabonis, you know what he can do. He had 20 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, 1 block. But two big missed free throws down the stretch that really opened up things for the Hawks. And if you're on the King side of thing, outside of some calls that you can be upset about that weren't in your favor, you have to point to those missed free throws. I mean, if you get those free throws there in that spot, that's ball game. That's truly ball game. But the Hawks get a a fortunate break with those missed shots. And it's funny, a run by the Kings late in the fourth quarter to take the lead. It was a 7-0 run to end the game from the Hawks that got them to win. When we talked about their woes in the fourth quarter and their problems closing out games, a 7-0 run sparked by getting stops on the defensive end is what led them to win this game last night. Team defense, team performance, just... I can't say enough about last night's win. Honestly, like I said, that was a very important win. Now you're one and one on the West Coast road trip, and you have a chance to get revenge on the Los Angeles Lakers after how they beat you on the 30th of December, LeBron James' birthday, with that huge Herculean performance from the 38 year old king of the NBA. Still, you have a chance to go down to LA and get revenge on them now. How much confidence as a team do you have going into L.A. now? After ending the four-game skid, after showing you and seeing, watching film of what team basketball does for this team, when getting everybody involved does for this team, running the offense that's called and getting people the ball in spots and making the right decision. There was times last night where John Collins could have taken a three and instead pump fake, put the ball on the floor, and now he's getting himself to the free throw line. Six free throw attempts from John Collins was huge. DeAndre Hunter has an opportunity to shoot a three. He puts it on the floor and gets to the rim and finishes or get a mid-range jumper. Or heck, when they give you enough space, size up the defender and shooting a three. DeJounte Murray getting to the teeth of the defense after things break down, getting to his spots where he knows that he'll make the shot more times than not, which we know is that patented mid-range jumper and knocking him time and time again last night. Times where Trey Young was, was being aggressive, but being within the moment and within the flow of the game and deciding, you know what, let me pass this off. Let me set up a teammate. You know what? I'm going to give the ball to someone else and we're going we're gonna to run something else for someone else that is, you know, in rhythm. Last night, they got out of each other's way and played as a team. 
And that's what they're going to need to bottle up and replicate if they're going to inch back into a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference and get closer and closer into the top six instead of having to be relegated into a playing spot. That is the key for the Hawks going forward. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to preview that Lakers game on Friday night. So you already know the drill. First, this quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues. and every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary. And I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other ranked list? I know which one. It's the Brewskies 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues, beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. Did I go over the full team stats from last night's game? Hawks shot just under 54% from the floor. One of the better shooting performances of a team all year. And that's a product of getting everybody involved, in my opinion. You did a really good job of rebounding. You won the rebounding margin. And the offensive rebounding margin was closer than it was against the Warriors. So I know that was probably a point of emphasis for Nate McMillan to rebound better. Put a, put a body on somebody and prevent second chance opportunities for the Kings. We know what Sabonis can do in the paint. Rebounding, and he was a force last night. At times, but the Hawks hung tough. So we got to give credit to them. Hawks shot 33% from three. Not bad. Close to their season average. The Kings shot 40% from three. But here's the thing. The Kings and Hawks both made the same amount of threes. Kings took five less threes. I'm not going to harp too much on that. Um, So that's a wash in my opinion. Uh, both teams shot well from the free throw line, and it's ironic. The Kings missed two free throws all night last night. They were 25 of 27 from the free throw line. Those two misses were Sabonis down the stretch. You still lose by one if you look at the final score, if you add those two points. But how differently things would have played out would the Hawks have won the game? Those two free throw misses by Sabonis were the most impactful things to the game. Because everything else was relatively close. 21 team assists last night, but they played really good team basketball, moving the ball around. 
Each team had nine steals, four blocks for the Hawks, three for the Kings. Hawks had 16 turnovers, pretty uncharacteristic. And it led to 16 points off turnovers for the Kings. Hawks forced 11 turnovers on the Kings last night. Hawks won fast break points, which could be a small indicator of why they won last night. And points in the paint, four in favor of the Kings. So, it's a crazy thing to think about. The Kings shot 47% from the floor, 40% from three. But they are one of the worst two-point shooting teams in the NBA. They still scored points in the paint. So, like I said, fast break points last night and the two missed free throws for Sabonis were the big things that ultimately, outside of defensive execution and team basketball from the Hawks, is what led for them to win the game last night. Now, if you look at the Hawks, after breaking that four-game skid, the Hawks are now ninth in the Eastern Conference. They're a game in front of the Chicago Bulls at 10. They are a game and a half back of the Miami Heat at eight and two and a half back from the Indiana Pacers who both are on a one game losing streak right now. And in your Hawks, you're only two and a half games back from the Knicks who are on a three game winning streak right now. The sixth seed is in striking distance for the Hawks. If you can string together a few games and like I said, they end the West coast road trip against the Lakers and the Clippers Lakers are on a three-game winning streak right now. Right now, 12th in the West. They're 17-21 and 21 right now. And currently sit a game back from 10, the last playing spot in the, in the Western Conference. So they're certainly playing well. And this is a team that you want to beat and get revenge on for how they took care of business in Atlanta over you before the new year. And then obviously they round out the trip going against a struggling Los Angeles Clippers team Right now, who is sixth in the Western Conference at 21 and 18, but they're on a three game losing streak. So, trading spots with the Atlanta Hawks right now. Both games are winnable if you play like you did last night. Now, they need to tighten things up defensively, you know, through the first three quarters, but they were able to get stops in the fourth quarter, which was the most important thing last night is that they were getting stops in the fourth quarter outside of just playing smart offensively. So it's going to be tough. You're on the road. You know, the road trip, the travel could wear on you these last two games. But I think it's most important to get a win versus the Lakers. You get a win versus the Lakers, and and let's say you drop the contest to get the Clippers, You've in two and two on the West Coast road trip. I call that a success, especially after how it started. After how it started, you'll take that as a success going two and two coming back to Atlanta. Obviously, you want to you want to sweep the L.A. games. You want to sweep the L.A. games because that puts you at three and one on the West Coast road trip. And now you're looking at an Atlanta Hawks team. If you can win those two games in L.A., you're now at 500 coming back home. You're going to be 20 and 20. But in order to get that win versus the Lakers, you're going to have to take care 
of the ball. You can't turn the ball over. You can't get the Lakers out in transition. That is what's going to get you beat. That's what's going to get you beat is allowing the Lakers to get out in transition. And that game, which will be exactly a week from when they last played the Lakers, like I said, everybody remembers 47 points from LeBron James. Everyone remembers that. You let the Lakers shoot 54% from the floor. The Lakers out-rebounded you. You took care of the ball of that game. You actually forced 16 Lakers turnovers. But when you dive into the numbers, you got whooped on the fast break 23-5. to You can't let the Lakers get out in transition. You can't. That's the key. You can't let them get out in transition. You have to take care of the ball. You have to force tough, contested shots against them. Like I said, the Lakers are feeling good. They're feeling good. They've won won a couple games. They strung a couple together. They beat the Heat last night with basically a skeleton lineup. They didn't have... Anthony Davis, who will not be playing on Friday night. But they also won last night over the Heat without LeBron James. LeBron James didn't play last night. So you're going to go up against a guy, a group of guys who have people who are stepping up in the roles are going to be highly motivated. Going to be highly motivated too. So, and you're obviously playing on the road. Role players always play better at home. So if you're the Hawks, you you, you don't want to be caught looking at who is not playing for the Lakers and end up in a situation where you're in a double overtime loss against the Warriors. You need to focus on who is playing. What is the game plan to stop them? Trust your offensive and defensive game plan and execute. All the guys who touch the court, all of the guys that touch the court must be bought in and execute the game plan that's at hand. That's what's going to help them win. That's what's going to help them in the season series versus the Lakers tied 1-1 instead of getting swept by a Lakers team that you should have beaten in Atlanta. You should have beaten in Atlanta. Dennis Schroeder, who's been playing very well, um, he had another good game last night. He had 32 points. He had a good game against you in Atlanta. You're going to have to worry about him. You're going to have to focus on him. I, I don't expect Capella to be playing on Friday night, but you're going to have to focus on Thomas Bryant, banging in the paint, getting rebounds, keeping a body on him and boxing him out, especially limiting offensive rebounds. You're going to have to focus on him. Patrick Beverly, we know that he can do. You know, Austin Reeves, we have to limit him in scoring. Westbrook off the bench is obviously a problem. So we have to keep him in front, you know, challenge him. You know, don't be afraid to send him to the free throw line. He's not the greatest free throw shooter. But you're going to have to play team defense. You're going to have to rebound, limit transition and fast break points for the Lakers. And play team basketball. You should win this game Friday. You should win this game Friday. I'm just going to say that. Now, there's a lot of games they should have won and they haven't. So, that's on the Hawks. But hopefully you find 
that spark in that formula that I saw from last night, and you replicate that, you bring it down to L.A., and you get revenge on them. The Hawks, ESPN Atlantic has the Hawks supposed to win this game. But like I said before, you got to go out there and you got to execute your game plan. And then, like I said, they end the West Coast road trip against the Clippers. Like I said, the Clippers are struggling right now. When you look at the Los Angeles Clippers, you know that Kawhi's been in and out of the lineup. You know that. The Clippers play the Nuggets tonight on the road on TNT. That's going to, that's definitely going to be a tough matchup for them. But you're not going to see the Clippers until Sunday night. Sunday night in L.A. Paul George has been playing very well for them. You know, you got Marcus Morris Sr. Zubach has been a pleasant surprise as a center. Uh, but attacking the paint is something that the Hawks are going to need to do against the Clippers as well because even though Zubach is a serviceable center, there's a weakness in the paint. Rim protection is an issue for the Clippers. You're going to have to attack the paint. I mean, who knows if Kawhi will play? Kawhi is in and out the lineup. Luke Kennard provides a spark off the bench. Nicholas Batum is playing well for them this year. Uh, you have Powell. You have John Wall off the bench. You have some vets on his team. So when you play a veteran-laden team, you have to take care of the ball. You have to take care of the ball, and you have to attack him as a team and not just an individual. You know what Paul George can do defensively. You know Marcus Morris Sr. is not afraid to you know stick his nose in there. You got to take care of the ball. You have to take care of the ball against the Los Angeles Clippers. When you look at the Clippers' numbers this year, you're going to notice that they're not the best offensive team. But yeah, actually, they're 28th in points per game and 26th in offensive rating. But defensively, they are fourth in opponents' points per game and they're sixth in defensive rating. So you're going against one of the better defensive teams in the NBA, which is not a surprise. That's been the identity for the Clippers for the last few years. Despite the lack of rim protection and size, they're a solid rebounding team in the top half in the NBA. They don't force a, a ton of turnovers, but certainly veterans will take advantage of youth and experience, and you have to take care of the ball. They're a solid three-point shooting team. They're sixth in the NBA in three-point shooting percentage. So we're going to have to guard the three-point line. Uh, they're not the greatest two-point shooting team. So guard the three-point line, force them inside, force some tough contested jumpers. You should be able to take care of business. Like I said, it's not a great offensive team, but they're great at holding opponents to low-scoring outputs. So, Hawks want to pick up the pace on this team, but they need to take care of the ball. So, it's going to have to be a marriage of playing smart offensively, playing with some pace, not letting them get set on defense, forcing some turnovers, which they've been known to cause, you know, friendly fire and turn over the ball. If we can force turnovers, get out in transition, not let them set up their defense, play with some pace, you can leave L.A. winning the last two games, come back to Atlanta 500, 
before taking on a Bucks team who you've had some success against. And let's say you play well against the Bucks, which you have been this year. You're right now leading the season series two to one over the Bucks. Let's say you beat the Bucks and you go up three one on them this year. Now you're back over five hundred. You're at twenty one and twenty. And oh, what a difference this game against the Kings was, and potentially sparking you stringing together some games. And now you're feeling a lot better about yourself. You're trusting your teammates more. You're realizing when you move the ball, when you play smart offensively, when you execute on the defensive end, when you execute smart plays down the stretch in the fourth quarter, don't focus on trading baskets. Focus on what is the best shot that we can get within the flow of the offense that is going to keep it in striking distance. When you're down by three, you don't always need to shoot a three. Get the easy two. Get a stop. You get another two, you're up by one. It's a numbers game at the end of the day. And sometimes Trey gets focused on some of the wrong numbers. But last night, his teammates were there to bail him out. So it's going to have to be continuing to break bad habits, continuing to form new habits of trusting your teammates, and that's what's going to help you turn this thing around and get you back into the playoffs again. And we'll see from there. Hopefully you get into a rhythm. You know what bogey can give you off the bench. You're still missing Capella, who is a big piece of your defense. You get him back with how well Okongu's been playing. Infuse a little bit more Jalen Johnson. We know what A.J. Griffith can do on both ends of the floor now. You have DeJounte Murray. You have Trey Young. We continue to enable an uh, an aggressive DeAndre Hunter, an aggressive John Collins. Now you're a more formidable opponent in the Eastern Conference. That's why last night was so important. It was extremely important. But they have to bottle that up and replicate that. And it starts Friday night against the Lakers. So we'll see what happens there. If you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. One of the hottest podcasts covering the Atlanta Hawks. We keep it real here. So share this with real NBA fans, real Hawks fans, real basketball fans, Georgia sports fans. You know the drill. Put them on our Twitter at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That's at Ethos Hawks at Twitter. And follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jarrett67. That's Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. We'll catch you. We're probably going to get you after the Lakers game. I'm excited to see how they perform after that Lakers game. So we'll see you later. Go Hawks. Beat L.A. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.